very warm welcome. You're joining us here at Hyde Park. And tonight on the show, we thought of talking about Japan, Sri Lanka, investments, trade, and Sri Lanka's journey towards becoming a developed um, a nation with the economic development on par with uh, other developed countries. We have with us here tonight, uh, of course, the Sri Lankan ambassador to Japan during his visit here in Sri Lanka, uh, in line with a key investment that is coming into the country. A very warm welcome, Ambassador Sanjeev Gunasekara. Thank you, Indivari. Um, it's very nice to see you. We don't usually see our uh, foreign um, diplomats, our diplomats posted in uh, our missions abroad here at Hyde Park, unless we visit you uh, in your respective countries. So it's nice to see you here. Pleasure to be with you. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of work going on uh, between Sri Lanka and Japan. I think you're looking at uh, promoting trade. I remember having the foreign secretary uh, here uh, at Hyde Park who said there's an aggressive um, uh, plan. The missions are brought together. For the first time in Sri Lanka, we have a foreign policy, a document in place, a written document for the first time in our history. Uh, so tell me, tell me what you're working on now. Well, the foreign policy doctrine currently is foreign relations through economic relations. So economic relations are a priority uh, for Sri Lanka, and that is our doctrine uh, on the economic side. So with this, uh, we investments to Sri Lanka in this current juncture is very important with the foreign exchange situation. We break it down to two sections, the public investments and the private sector investment. Mm -hmm. On the public sector investment, we go through uh, agencies like JICA for funding. And I'm, I'm happy to mention that after seven years, uh, JICA Director General visited Sri Lanka last week. So our funding is on the up and mm -hmm. up. They were looking at, uh, they looked at three or four large new projects uh, uh, to uh, commence in addition to the current projects that are continuing. Mm -hmm. And also I'm happy to say I'm here because we are uh, hope, hoping to receive Marubeni today. And green energy, and with the Vistas of Prosperity, 70% renewable energy plan by His Excellency the President, that uh, sounds and fits very well with uh, the Japanese economy and the vision. So that has rung a bell in Japan. And I hope with Marubeni's visit and uh, with a commitment from Marubeni, there will be many other uh, private investments that will follow, and some of which that we have been working for the last few months. From Japan. From Japan to Sri Lanka. Uh, tell us a little about uh, Marubeni, their interest, and how we're going to look at uh, supporting them here in Sri Lanka. I suppose you are the key bridge here between uh, this investment. Well, support is the key word. Bringing Marubeni to Sri Lanka is only part of the puzzle. So with that said, uh, Marubeni is a $67 billion uh, revenue company, over 100 years old. It's a blue chip Japanese company. Uh, they are a trading house and now they are a conglomerate. Their biggest piece of their uh, uh, revenues is the power, is the power generation. And that breaks down to solar and wind power. And they are in 27 countries. Uh, saying that uh, they are looking at a 200 megawatt wind power project in uh, MANA, off the coast of MANA. And also, their head of uh, power generation is also coming today. And they'll be looking at other feasible uh, solar power and floating solar power. Mm -hmm. 
projects in, in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Very green, uh, eco-friendly investments, if I may say. Um, but but uh, what is the extent of the investment and uh, how are we looking at this directly um, impacting the community here? Well, it being a the 200 megawatt uh, wind power project is estimated to cost somewhere around $375 million. So this is a, a PPP, a private-public partnership, where it's, uh, it'll uh, come back to the government in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, the impact is wind. And MANA, the wind direction in MANA is one of the few places in the world, apparently, the wind direction doesn't change much. Mm -hmm. So the efficiency is, uh, is very high. And uh, there's minimal cost after the initial capital outlay mm -hmm. for generation of electricity. Mm -hmm. So this is what we hope that we can bring the cost of electricity down for Sri Lanka. How long have you been the ambassador there in Japan? To be exact, about 11 months. I took, uh, I took uh, responsibility on the 6th of January. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand you're based, you were earlier based in the U.S. And That's correct. Right. Your family is there? That's correct. <laughs> how, how, how does that work for you all? Well, uh, it's a sacrifice you make. Mm -hmm. And uh, I may, we decided as a family to make this sacrifice for Sri Lanka. But you're a successful businessman there. And, and uh, you're here in Sri Lanka, of course, bringing investments here to the country. But there in Japan. But how, how does that support you from being a business person? Uh, very successful uh, in what you do and then in Japan. Uh, it, it's a diplomatic mission for your country. You're trying to promote the country. But uh, is that a challenge? Do you have all the support you need to do what you do uh, in your business? Well, that's why my, that's what the sacrifice is. That's why my wife couldn't join me. Mm -hmm. She had to stay back and um, there are, there's another family member involved in the business. So that's why uh, uh, she is back in LA and uh, I'm uh, doing what, what I can do for the, uh, for the country. Mm -hmm. That gave me a free education. Uh, so d does this, uh, your position as a business person, does it help you in uh, running the diplomatic mission there in Japan? Uh, the experience, sure it does but nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me talk a little about Japan-Sri Lanka trade. We've been talking about a possible free trade agreement, a comprehensive economic partnership agreement. We've, we've had uh, talks with India, Singapore, um, and Japan has been one of Sri Lanka's strongest trading partners, but uh, none of this trade is in favor of us, the island nation. Um, what are the challenges you see in your 11 months as the ambassador leading our mission? Uh, what challenges do you see in Sri Lanka um, moving ahead in expanding our trade with Japan? Yes, so that's a good question. Comprehensive economic partnership, that's the word for Japan. Japan, even between the ASEAN countries, Japan has a comprehensive economic uh, uh, partnership. Uh, they are uh, negotiating that partnership uh, further with India mm -hmm. and they are already looking with Bangladesh for 2026 when they elevate themselves from a less developed country. Now Sri Lanka being already elevated as a less developed, from mm -hmm. being a less developed country, our tariffs have gone high. So just a, a comparison is uh, the apparel trade where we have a 8 to 12 percent tariff and Bangladesh has a 0 percent tariff and uh, they export 1.3 billion dollars of apparel compared to Sri Lanka's 59 million. Mm -hmm. Though Sri Lanka is much higher in the quality and value added chain in the garment 
manufacturing arena. So this is something uh, government, uh, garments and uh, tea, uh, package tea, which we are taxed uh, at about 12%, mm -hmm. are two areas that we can excel if we have a, a preferred trade agreement or a free trade agreement. Mm -hmm. But there's a sentiment that Sri Lanka being a small country, a comprehensive free trade agreement might not benefit Sri Lanka. So that's up to the experts to decide. Mm -hmm. But these are two, uh, two products that we will see immediate immediate results in the apparel sector and the tea sector, which are, uh, are very vibrant and which is very uh, profitable for Sri Lanka in foreign exchange, if we can get some kind of a uh, preferred trade agreement uh, selected. What, what factors would be in favor of Sri Lanka? Because we know as at present, uh, Japan uh, exports, uh, Japan imports, Japanese imports, uh, or rather exports to Sri Lanka. Um, uh, far, uh, far larger than what we export to Japan. And there's a massive trade gap also. Although, um, yes, Bangladesh exports more in apparel. Apparel is still the dominant export from Sri Lanka to Japan, amounting to some 24.9% of our exports. But how would, you, how would you look at this being in favor of Sri Lanka, especially when Japan is, is still um, you know, on the positive side in the trade balance? So just to give you an example, Sri Lanka's uh, annual exports are about 190 million. Imports, depending on the year, because the 80% of the imports is the automotive. Okay. Uh, it hovers between 800 million and a billion imports. And out of that, 80% is automotive. So th this being so skewed, Sri Lanka, I think, should stand a chance as a exclusive trading partner with Japan and this being uh, the trade imbalance being so skewed that we can negotiate a preferential a selected preferential trade agreement where if we get the tariffs down to about 2% on the on the apparel we could see our apparel exports from 59 million go to a billion mm -hmm. in a matter of 2 to 3 years because our, our apparel industry is so vibrant, so dynamic. It's just the when, you, when it's a 8% disadvantage, that is, that is more than your profit margin mm -hmm. in this competitive trade. Mm -hmm. Tea is the other one, package tea. Package tea, we are at 12%, whereas Bangladesh, India is 0%. So that's another one. These two key products can balance our imbalanced free trade. Uh, when you say package tea, uh, we, we've been talking for a long time about value addition to our yes. teas. Um, what is the market like there in Japan for value added teas? Value added teas is the way to go. Uh, we've been about in volume, in volume, 80% of the teas still we export is in bulk. Mm -hmm. When we export it in bulk, it becomes more of a commodity. But if we export it in package, especially with our brand name and with our logo, with our Ceylon tea logo, where it can be only be packaged in Sri Lanka, then we control our destiny. Mm -hmm. And there are many, majority of the Japanese consumer values the Sri Lanka tea. But with the blending that is going, that has been going on in Japan and overseas, that has somewhat di diminished. So this is a way, if we send a package tea from Sri Lanka with our, with our logo, mm -hmm. uh, uh, POC Lawn tea logo, I think that will uh, resuscitate and give us 
way more value addition. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn a little more about the Japanese market through you since you're there. Uh, you, you say there's preference for packaged tea and the Japanese, um, the consumer, um, has a preference for Ceylon tea, the Ceylon tea brand. Uh, just just walk us through sure. uh, the, the market there. What is it? Wh where, uh, what products of Sri Lanka stand a better chance there uh, than uh, in the local market? You know, J Japanese consumer mm -hmm. is a quality brand-oriented consumer. They have the purchasing power. So Ceylon tea has been branded in the world as the best quality tea available. If we have the best quality tea, we need to package it. We need to package it and we need the person who buys a, a, a box of tea mm -hmm. to be privileged and pay that 20% extra because it's Ceylon tea, it's pure Ceylon tea. When it's blended and they don't have that logo, they don't, they don't pay that. So that's so. This is the branding, and we should pay more attention to this branding, and also get us a uh, even playing field where it's not a fifteen percent disadvantage. And then we go to apparel. We are considered one of the best apparel manufacturers in the world. Mm -hmm. Our biggest markets are U.S. and EU. So Japan is another. I when I sell Sri Lanka in Japan, I say I feel bad for the Japanese consumer because the Japanese consumer is losing out on first grade, first quality Sri Lankan apparel. Uh, I think uh, as of 2020, Japan was Sri Lanka's uh, 12th largest exporter. Mm. But uh, you say branding is a problem, but what other challenges do we see in uh, slowly pushing this, this uh, number up uh, towards where USA is? I think it's, uh, I've had this conversation a few times mm -hmm. uh, with stakeholders. I think giving more attention, uh, being uh, proactive, uh, participating now with, uh, with uh, video conferencing. We can do so many things without having to spend so much capital outlay. Uh, we can do so many uh, connecting. Two weeks ago, we connected uh, 265 uh, Japanese outbound tourists directly with Sri Lanka inbound uh, uh, two operators. Mm -hmm. So these are things just like that, uh, uh, connecting uh, team porters directly. Mm -hmm. uh, participating in uh, more exhibitions. Uh, these are things that just being... I'd, I'd like to talk a little about country promotion right after this short break here at Hyde Park. conversation with the Sri Lankan ambassador in Japan, Sanjeev Gunasekara. Uh, ambassador, you were talking about uh, branding, promotion of Sri Lanka there in Japan, but do you think there's sufficient uh, brand promotion, destination promotion, when it, when it comes to Sri Lanka there in Japan? Uh, does the Japanese uh, average consumer or the high-end market, let's talk about the high-end consumer, are they aware of what we have to offer? So I think they're in the tea branding, mm -hmm. uh, I think in the tea branding we can uh, for sure improve but on the apparel sector it's we just need to negotiate a better tariff um, and then Sri Lanka is a destination tourist destination that's our next product and that's something uh, we've been uh, pushing and we have categorized Sri Lanka as a wellness Ayurvedic destination ecotourism mm -hmm. and then the cultural and the Buddhist aspect so those are the three main areas that we focus on and when we for the Japanese consumer mm -hmm. and I think as soon as uh, things open up uh, we will see uh, the in 2019 there were 50,000 uh, Japanese tourists I think that number could be well exceeded. 
Mm -hmm. uh, is it is it the high-end tourist uh, market that we are targeting? Yes, well, Jap Japan, uh, Japanese tourists mostly are the high-end, mm -hmm. are the high-end. But this glory has been now shared uh, uh, with Maldives. So we need to be with the positive uh, articles, positive ratings that we have got from all international, all the major international travel magazines. Mm -hmm. We need to set the high bar as the uh, chairman uh, tourism board uh, very uh, correctly mentioned we need to set the high bar and we need to improve our uh, uh, service levels so we can because as a destination we do have all the ingredients in place mm -hmm. to bring that high high end tourists um, how does the mission in tokyo plan to uh, work with the authorities here in supporting this push forward because tourism is opening up now after a long period of uh, restrictions not just here in Sri Lanka but across the world for travel restrictions as a result of this pandemic uh, but how are you working uh, together with authorities here what's the plan in place as I mentioned two weeks ago was our first ever uh, direct connection of the outbound two operators with the inbound tour operators in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. And with that, we had uh, the tourism authority, uh, Chairman Kimali uh, uh, Fernando, and also Sri Lankan. We partnered with Sri Lankan Airlines. Uh, the chairman also uh, spoke, and uh, Sri Lankan gave a presentation on the connectivity, because mm -hmm. we had three direct flights now, and with things opening up, we hope to get the fourth flight. Right. Uh, so with that, this was the first step. Now we hope to, every two to three months, have a working seminar, uh, basically educating the tour groups, the tour operators on the promotions that Sri Lankan hotel chains and the Sri Lankan tour operators are offering. Mm -hmm. With that, we all, it's a two-prong attack. Also, we promote Sri Lanka. Uh, we have uh, different promotions on the wildlife, the leopards, the elephants. The highest density of elephants in the world is in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these are things that we highlight. We take a program and we highlight one item. Mm -hmm. And we try to do that every month. We have two programs going from the embassy. Um, since diplomatic ties uh, were established between Japan and Sri Lanka, I think Japan has a soft corner for Sri Lanka when it comes to uh, diplomatic ties. Yeah. We, 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 are, we take pride in talking Absolutely. about it. But uh, again, do we do enough to utilize this soft corner that Japan has? Japan is ready to help Sri Lanka, they say. But then again, are we antagonizing Japan in any way with, with, with the way we uh, manage and balance our superpowers? As the uh, ambassador there, as the mission head, how, how do you read this? To ask the first part of the question, I think Japan is an un untapped friend. Uh, Japan and Sri Lanka's friendship is a unique one. That's what I say when I give my speeches. Why? Because Japan and Sri Lanka friendship is not because for politics or geopolitics, defense or trade. We've been friends going back to uh, 19, uh, 1893, but in the recent history, in 1951, when uh, Sri Lanka stood up for Japan at the uh, uh, San Francisco Peace Conference, and uh, Sri Lanka was the voice for whole of Asia. And uh, Japan knows that it is been, it's taught in the curriculum at schools. And uh, j uh, that's the soft corner that Japan has for Sri Lanka. And with that, I feel we can do more uh, constructively to enhance Japan's kindness uh, and generosity uh, towards Sri Lanka. 
And in this regard, uh, that's what the mission and myself, uh, we've been working on. And I think we are starting to see the fruits of it with the DG JICA uh, coming last week and uh, now the private sector following suit. Uh, what is Japan's sentiment um, when it comes to Sri Lanka's pivot towards China? I share with them. Their sentiments are, it's like a good friend. But I, I, we try to set the record straight that uh, we need, we need um, borrowing. We need, uh, we need the help. And sometimes Sri Lanka has to make, the, make difficult decisions when they have bad choices. So what, when I speak to the Japanese official, what I say is, please give us better choices. And that's where your opportunity to help Sri Lanka. Because with the Paris Agreement, they insist we have to be a part of engage with the IMF. And my example is, uh, we cannot, just because we use Ayurvedic, you cannot refuse us the Western medicine or vice versa. So we have Sri Lanka's economic policy currently mimics Japan's economic policies in the 60s. It was a government-controlled open economic policy. And that's, what, and that's why they created these big companies that had the deep pockets who can invest for the longer term. Mm -hmm. And Sri Lanka, we need that. So that's why when we speak to uh, the Japanese officials, the economists, we say, please, Sri Lanka was there for Japan. This is the time we need your assistance, and this is the time that this is the time the valuations are down. Uh, you said uh, Japan says bad choices. You say give us better choices. But uh, what is the response here? How is Japan looking at engaging with Sri Lanka to give us better choices if 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 uh, what Sri Lanka makes uh, are bad choices? It's basically minimize the preconditions. Lend us money on lucrative projects. Encourage the private investments to come to Sri Lanka. Have the JBIC guarantee their investments. JBIC is their export development bank. Have them guarantee the private sector's investment. Have JICA look at the good projects and come, come be forthcoming. So this is what we need the Japanese help. Uh, does that mean also that here in Sri Lanka that we are not forthcoming, that Sri Lanka's either, either there is bureaucracy or there is red tape or there is some kind of, um, or there are bottlenecks here in Sri Lanka that prevents Japanese investments uh, from coming in as much as they like or as much as you wish to bring them here to Sri Lanka? Well, maybe sometimes uh, the information is uh not forthcoming or not as transparent as, as we would like it to be. And uh, that's why, uh, that's part of the reason uh, the Japanese uh, bureaucracy nudges Sri Lanka to be part of the IMF because when you're, at least when you're engaged with the IMF, you're supposed to share your macroeconomic indicators. Mm -hmm. So. In short of engaging with the IMF, then we need to be transparent with our macroeconomic indicators and our forecasts with the governments that we are seeking funds from. So this is, there is a, uh, sometimes there, there are issues with the lack of information, but we are working through that. And then there's a, a lack of, uh, there is a perception issue. That's what we need to overcome, the mm -hmm. perception issue. Okay. So the perception is something that uh, um, after, uh, 
cancellation of some of the uh, mega projects, the taste was not good. But now the uh, the communication between the upper echelon of the Sri Lankan government and Japan has been excellent, has been excellent, and I think uh, we are looking very positively in the next years to come. Mm -hmm. So does that mean we will see some big investments in the country? Are you uh, are they in the pipeline? Uh, give us an idea about what's uh, happening. Yeah, as I said, the JICA. Uh, for a little while, uh, Jaika and they were not looking at new projects, but as the DG was here, he had some very positive uh, uh, meetings and they are looking at a few projects. Mm -hmm. So this will take some time to materialize, but there are like 13 or 14 projects that are currently ongoing. And with Jaika being here, uh, the private sector takes cue. If Jaika is here, then they, they follow. And METI, METI is the Ministry of Economic Trade and Investment. They are also looking at Sri Lanka now positively with the information that we have been sharing mm -hmm. uh, uh, through my mission, the mm -hmm. information we've been sharing. And JBIC, we've been engaged with the JBIC one-on-one. Uh, uh, -on -one. So with these initiatives, I think we will see, uh, and uh, I've been working with uh, four major public uh, uh, Japanese companies, and I think with Marubeni coming being the first one, uh, I think there will be a few more to follow. Uh, wh what sectors do you think are more likely to invest in Sri Lanka or what sectors in Sri Lanka are more likely to attract Japanese investments? The most favorite sector right now is the renewable energy mm -hmm. sector. Mm -hmm. There are uh, two to three companies that are interested in the renewable energy sector. Also, then these are the top 30, uh, top 30 Japanese companies, uh, listed companies. Then uh, there are a couple of companies looking at the uh, organic uh, agriculture arena agricultural, uh, also the organic fertilizer, that arena. And then there are a couple of uh, companies that are looking at investing in Port City. Mm -hmm. uh, construction, uh, uh, multi-family residential uh, towers. Mm -hmm. So these are areas that uh, we have been working on, promoting, uh, and I think we will see some uh, movement the near future. Um, you did say, you did mention about the port city and uh, this has been a controversial topic and, and China has been a controversial topic, especially when we talk about the United States, India and Japan. Uh, in, in, in discussing this uh, power struggle of the superpowers or influence in the region, uh, how, how does the mission manage this? Uh, because you're representing Sri Lanka in Japan and there's significant uh, interest in Sri Lanka for investment. Uh, in terms of our geopolitical position and also uh, the, the diplomatic scenario. Yes. How I think is, this is Japan's opportunity now. Uh, Sri Lankan uh, government, we are neutral. Uh, we are, uh, um, a foreign policy is a neutrality with India first. That's a, a part of our vistas uh, 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 of uh, uh, Vistas of Prosperity uh, doctrine. With that said, with the Cod, I think Japan is in a very, very uh, envious position because Japan is one of the most favored uh, countries in uh, countries in Sri Lanka. Uh, uh, most parties, or all parties, love Japan. So, with Japan having a very favorable rating from all sections of society, our population. I, this is why how I promote uh, uh, Sri Lanka to Japan is that this is their opportunity to invest because uh, there is no political uh, negativities or um, investment of any other, there is no major negativities with Japan. 
So uh, this, I think, is ringing a bell, and I think uh, with uh, the apechalon of uh, the Sri Lankan government also being very proactive, very proactive, I think we will see movement again. Uh, something I also wanted to ask you was about uh, the grievances of the Sri Lankan uh, businessmen, business community there in Japan, um, who have been. Um, who, with their counterparts here in Sri Lanka, have been heavily involved in the lucrative automobile business. This, this, uh, this has been ongoing for a while until our vehicle import restrictions were uh, in effect as a result of uh, the forex crisis Sri Lanka faces with, with the height of the pandemic. But um, what is the representation like there, and how does Japan uh, also get involved in sh with Sri Lanka in yes. this regard? Well, the. Uh a significant part of Sri Lankan businessmen, uh, their business is exporting used cars. But what this pandemic has done is most of them has retooled or re uh, re retooled not only to export to Sri Lanka, most of the ex uh, uh, used automotive exporters, they export to other countries mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. I think uh, as a country, Sri Lankan uh, Automotive exporters are one of the largest, though we are one of the smaller countries, are the largest exporters. It's very vibrant. It's a very vibrant uh, group of people. Uh, and um, yes, it, it has hurt them, but they are withstanding it by diversifying the exports to many other countries. And also, diversif we, I've been encouraging them to diversify from not only being automotive, but also go into parts, go into other industrial, industrial equipment where Sri Lanka has not, Sri Lanka has not barred because we are still open to agricultural equipment and industrial equipment. Also, we need the service parts, and then also to look at, look at some of these parts can be manufactured in Sri Lanka. Rubber, Sri Lanka is considered the rubber manufacturing hub in the world. Uh, we export uh, solid. Uh, 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 a big uh, portion of the solid tire market of the world. We, have, we export over a billion to EU and the and the US markets. So uh, these bushings, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, rubber uh, parts, to look at manufacturing in Sri Lanka and to import it back to Japan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these are things that that's a very uh, that's a. Uh, our foreign exchange outflow to restrict that outflow uh, also and support uh, an inflow of foreign exchange to the country. I think to get our community involved in this. But w how are they looking at it? We have to look at. Uh, uh, establishing ventures here in Sri Lanka that will support a, a bigger export market for Sri Lanka there in Japan. Um, how are you engaging with the Sri Lankan business community there and what other uh, facilities, infrastructure facilities and support uh, will our community, business community there especially need to create that export uh, economy for Sri Lanka? Yeah, I think in that, in that lieu, uh, some uh, concessions uh, or tax holidays, just like for, just like for foreigners, uh, for foreign uh, companies, having some structured uh, tax holidays uh, dedicated to uh, Sri Lankan expatriates would be a good policy to start with, mm -hmm. because there are Sri Lankan expatriates. I can talk for Japan, uh, who are who are looking at investing and doing something for the country. So having some tax holidays or some incentives, additional incentives, will push them over the wait and see approach. Mm -hmm. So those are things that we need to target and uh, uh, and we can pursue and those are uh, being uh, written up and talked about. Uh. 
Uh, what's the general sentiment about uh, investment, the investment climate in Sri Lanka? I know I come back to this uh, because we talk a lot about how the international business community uh, is looking at Sri Lanka. There's question whether Sri Lanka's policy consistency um, whether there is policy consistency, whether uh, they, their investments are safe in Sri Lanka. What is the sentiment uh, in Japan? Well, well, policy consistency is needed. Stability is needed uh, for any investor. So even for Sri Lankan expatriates, they are looking at that. Um, but uh, currently, our, we being a democracy, and democracy, one of, I think the second longest democracy in Asia. Uh, and we having an investment uh, uh, agreement between Japan and uh, Sri Lanka guarantees somewhat the investments. But uh, policy consistency will help to build that confidence. And some country-specific country specific, country -specific uh, policies, uh, for sure, will help to build the confidence and to move some of the uh, some of these investors who are on the fence to make that decision and make it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's time we take a short commercial break here at Hyde Park. Do stay with us. Welcome back. We are in conversation with the mission head of Sri Lanka. They're in Japan, Ambassador Sanjeev uh, Gunasekara. Uh, Ambassador, um, we, we were talking at length about investments, imports from Japan to Sri Lanka, and also about how Sri Lanka can expand on our export um, economy and target Japan as our uh, source market. Uh, but we have to face the fact that Sri Lanka faces a foreign exchange crisis, and remittances per se have reduced 50% um, during this pandemic time because there have been other sources of how remittances were um, sent into the country. But is there a solution we can seek from Japan in terms of uh, expanding our coffers? Well, uh, one, uh, one primary solution is uh, there's even a ministry that was created called uh, Employment uh, Market Diversification under okay. the uh, Ministry of Labor. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, uh, the intention was to, uh, I think Japan is one of the priority countries uh, with South Korea and uh, EU countries to diversify our skilled workers from uh, uh, the Middle East region to these more higher paying regions. Mm -hmm. So Japan has a, a program called the SSW program, Specialized Skill Worker Program. But Japan has an aging population and their population has been reducing as a matter of fact. So the, uh, the birth rates are less than the deaths. Mm -hmm. So with this, there's an aging population and there's a, a demand for certain fields. And they have, Japan has identified 14 areas where they need skilled workers. Mm -hmm. With that, uh, Sri Lanka, uh, for the first time, they are uh, uh, administrating uh, exams in the fields of uh, caregiving and uh, servicing industry, mm -hmm. uh, restaurant servicing. Okay. So these are the starting salary on these jobs are 200,000 yen, which is approximately 400,000 rupees without overtime. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a very high earning potential. And the requirements are you have to have a second level, which is uh, N4 qualification, second level uh, language 
qualified and you got to pass these exams mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. these exams are going to be offered starting in february and if you pass the exam and you got the language qualification there are enough jobs available and the mission is directly involved with uh, the employers to connect these suitable and qualified skilled workers to come to Japan. So this program will be in effect starting February next year? This program has been in effect uh -huh. for the last two years, uh -huh. but uh, this Sri Lanka uh, with the mission working tirelessly was the sixth country that Japan authorized to have the exams mm -hmm. because they normally give priority so to the So for Sri Lanka it's starting February, is it? For the first time starting for these two subjects only, mm -hmm. uh, there are about 80 subjects mm -hmm. in total that we can qualify so uh, these two subjects are the start and we are working on at least another six to eight subjects uh, during the next months for them right. to uh, uh, authorize to does have. that mean we will see a shift of our skilled workers from the Middle East uh, or fro from that uh, part of the region to uh, the East Asian region well numbers wise is not as big as Middle East. Uh, our initial target is to send at least 5,000 skilled workers to Japan mm -hmm. compared to the hundreds of thousands in the Middle East. But that's a start because you send one person to the uh, one person to Japan, that will take care of a family. That's the that's mm -hmm. the motto mm -hmm. because of the high income levels. So we hope our goal is in the next two years to get to the 5,000 skilled worker level and then I think surpassing that is not an issue. Right. Uh, I'd also like to talk a little about uh, technology and know-how. We, we know how, uh, how much of advancements Japan has made. Uh, we talk about uh, Japanese technology but uh, we're also here talking about a shift to organic uh, agriculture. And how can we look at uh, um, not just technology know-how and uh, innovations, the transfer of uh, knowledge to Sri Lanka, but also a support to our organic, the endeavor to go organic? Yes. This is the field uh, that Japan is very uh, advanced and very versant with. So organic, uh, Japan is not 100% organic, but their, their uh, chemical usage is very, very stringent. So Japan is very uh, versant with organic, uh, with organic uh, uh, cultivation. And actually uh, the mission has been working closely with some other uh, Japanese uh, researchers and Japanese organic producing uh, fertilizing companies to entice them to come and open shop in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. So we're actually working with uh, 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 two specific uh, research groups that uh, we're enticing them to come to Sri Lanka to create the, uh, the ingredients necessary to create the organic fertilizer. Mm -hmm. Because these things cannot be imported, they are supposed to be uh, grown or created within the Sri Lankan ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So we are working closely and we are uh, connecting. We are connecting them to the correct partners locally. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there was also an interest in Buddhist uh, culture, education from Japan here in Sri Lanka. What is that like? Yes, uh, Buddhism, you know, Theravada Buddhism uh, history states uh, Theravada Buddhism was uh, brought to Japan. Uh, from Sri Lanka mm -hmm. in 1893 mm -hmm. by Anagarika Dharmapala and Colonel Alcott. So uh, when you talk about Buddhism, Sri Lanka is considered one of the mecca of Buddhism and uh, that's what the Japanese think. And uh, so there are many uh, Buddhist-centric, cultural-centric uh, tours 
that are in Japan and as we open up we are promoting that so uh, we will have a better chance of attracting more Japanese tourists to uh, our cultural tourism aspects absolutely boom. absolutely and there are many large Japanese uh, temples mm -hmm. that are very connected with Sri Lankan uh, temples so we use that ecosystem mm -hmm. to promote Sri Lanka as a cultural and a religious destination mm -hmm. uh, there was something else I wanted to also touch on uh, you were quite instrumental in raising over 250,000 US dollars during the time of tsunami for Sri Lanka. Um, you played an instrumental role there and there were also, a, you, you're a philanthropist if I may say. Um, but here is a time that Sri Lanka needs funds, especially foreign exchange. Uh, apart from the investments, apart from the trade that we're pushing forward for, uh, it needs time. How can we actually look at, uh, um, make an effort to maybe bring our expat community together to invest in Sri Lanka or to support Sri Lanka here uh, for, for our journey out of this current situation? Yes. I want to say a couple of the things that we did, which were milestones. Uh, we raised uh, 25 million yen, approximately 50 uh, million rupees in uh, April mm -hmm. uh, when the need was there for the COVID-19 and the oxygen concentrators, etc. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the largest amounts uh, raised in one time and it was mainly uh, with the generosity of the Sri Lankan diaspora. Mm -hmm. Saying that, um, we have been working with large uh, Buddhist um, Buddhist temples who have good connections with Sri Lanka and also actually uh, just a few weeks ago I met the chairman of the Sasakawa Foundation mm -hmm. which has very fond and close connections with Sri Lanka. Sasakawa Foundation is, uh, there is a foundation in Sri Lanka mm -hmm. and it is the largest uh, philanthropic foundation in Japan mm -hmm. and uh, the chairman himself uh, has fond memories and close ties to Sri Lanka so we gave a letter from His Excellency the President inviting him to visit Sri Lanka. He is the uh, peace ambassador currently to uh, uh, Myanmar mm -hmm. just like Ambassador Akashi was to Sri Lanka. So we have invited him to come to Sri Lanka and uh, these uh, large temples uh, when the uh, uh, we need um, more. Co we are working closely with them. We are formulating some projects mm -hmm. uh, to uh, connect uh, these temples with the Sri Lankans. Right, and we have very fond memories of uh, Ambassador Sushi Akashi. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, on a personal note, again, um, is it is it very challenging to work as an ambassador there? We're talking about challenging times, a pandemic. Um, everyone, the international community is well aware of Sri Lanka. All eyes are on Sri Lanka, especially when we talk about trade and investment. And you're in one of uh, a, a key uh, country, especially when we talk about China, the United States, India and Japan. We seem to uh, see that um, the a growing relationship between the US, India, Japan, and there's China too, heavily involved in Sri Lanka. But what is it like for you to be uh, the Sri Lankan ambassador there in Japan? Well, life is a challenge, and being an ambassador is a challenge. But you look at the positives. You take this, you, you compartmentalize Sri Lanka, and Sri Lanka and Japan's relationship, and you look at the positives and you sell the positives. And with Japan and Sri Lanka's relationship, I'm convinced there are so many positives, unique positives, that we just have to work on it and we got to get the message across that Sri Lanka is the place for Japanese investment. Thank you very much for your time here with us, Ambassador Gunasekara. We had a lovely chat. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
Um, we had with us the Japanese uh, Sri Lankan ambassador in Japan, Ambassador Sanjeev Gunasekara, joining us here at Hyde Park to talk about investments, trade, and of course tourism with Japan. Have a pleasant evening. Good night.